Hey, everybody. Jacob Suntra, managing editor of fearthefin.com with Marcus White, staff writer. Hi. Yeah, tw- uh, 21 minutes late because we were talking about Jeff Fisher and the Rams, who are uh, inexplicably leading 3 nothing despite their best efforts. Uh, all right, we're, we're, we're going to talk about a, a sports team that doesn't make me want to uh, commit suicide, and that's going to be the San Jose Sharks today. Uh, won three in a row pretty convincingly at that. Uh, you know, I know a slow start in that game against Florida, but uh, that's a really nice comeback win, obviously, and... Uh, I think when we talked about pre kind of previewing this road trip, uh, I think we were hoping that they would get, you know, hey, man, if they can get six points out of this road trip, that would be solid, good work. Uh, they've got six points out of this road trip, and they've got three more games to come. So what's kind of your takeaway from these three games? Uh, it's been a nice response to the last three games before that. Um, you know, they really they've, – they've played really well these last three games. They've played some tough teams. Uh, nice win in Washington. Uh, on Tuesday and then Florida, like you mentioned, a uh, strong, strong comeback, uh, you know, and then Tampa last night, really just, they controlled the game uh, from the beginning. The, uh, you know, the, you had the strange happenings of the disallowed, then allowed Patrick Marlowe goal, which was mm. as strange of a replay situation as I can remember. But, you know, they played, they played very, very well. I mean, you wrote about it this morning, the job Braun and Vlasic did on Steven Stamkos last night was pretty unbelievable. Um, so, you know, I, it, a lot of very encouraging signs uh, on this road trip for sure. It's nice to see them kind of back doing what was making them successful early on in the season. And now, you know, it's they've made up some ground in the division. Only a game behind the uh, division leading uh, Edmonton Oilers, who have who have cooled down. Uh, quite Shockingly, a bit. yeah. Who would have foreseen this? <laughs> I thought Sharks they were on their way to the President's Trophy. The Sharks are actually the hottest team in the division now. They are six and four in their last ten. The Oilers are five, four, and one. Good lord! Uh, you know, as good as they've been these three games, the fact that six and four is the hottest team in the division is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The Pacific Division is a garbage fire. Yeah, yeah. welcome, yeah. everyone's welcome. Bring your yeah. trash. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I uh, I like I like the way that they've played, and uh, yeah, that that game last night that Blaskin and Braun had. Uh, if I were them, I would go in, get a nice hard cut of it, and I would send it straight to the Hockey Hall of Fame just in advance, <laughs> because that's that's the kind of game that uh, you know Vlasic in particular is able to have. That's like, oh right, that's why he's one of the best defenders in the NHL. It's because he can have a game where Steven Stamkos is literally invisible, and not he's just gonna... Stamkos. I mean Kucherov also. Just oh yeah, He'll basically it's like they, they weren't even there. They'll send that film directly to Doug Wilson in contract negotiations when his uh, that that also his yes. contract is up. I'm yep. sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so you know, really, that that makes a huge difference because when the uh, the top line of the opposition is invisible, um, that gives the Sharks kind of carte blanche to do whatever they want. Yeah, uh, you know, the Lightning certainly got you know the better of the shot count uh, thanks to you know some score effect stuff since the Sharks went up two nothing pretty early. But uh, I thought the Sharks played really well and played a really it's kind of a smart game, and you know that's something that I, I like to see from them. They only got one power play, and they scored on it, so that's, that's great uh, as yep. well. But the fact that they were able to control a game that was played predominantly five-on-five five is really, really encouraging. Uh, yeah, the Lightning got a couple uh, power plays, and the Sharks have continued to be able to shut, uh, shut that down. You know, I don't really think that the penalty kill is uh, as good as the numbers right now indicate. Uh, I also don't think the power play is as bad as the numbers have indicated, at least as far as rate goes. So I think we'll probably see that kind of even out as the season goes on. But, you know, at this point, it, it doesn't really matter. You'll take, you'll take, the, take the wins where you can get them. So, you know, oh, yeah. so 
Oh, so it is. Um, so uh, I think that's when we talked last time, the biggest news was obviously the Kevin LeBanc call up and he's now has three games. Uh, you know, still looking first, first NHL goal, obviously started on the second line midway through that second game. He got moved to the third line, played the whole game, I believe, or at least the majority of it on the third line last night. Uh, what do you think about the way that he's played so far? Uh, and where do you see kind of what's next for him? <laughs> Excuse me. I think he's been solid. I think he's had a nice, nice little start to his NHL career. Uh, that first game against Washington, uh, he, I think he could tell there were, there were some nerves. There was some positioning. It felt like he wasn't quite uh, getting, but I thought he's, I think he's gotten a little better each game. Uh, you know, he, I thought he had a, still had a good game against Washington, even though there were some little iffy rookie moments. Pete DeBoer referred to one of his shifts as a junior shift, which if you're a rookie yeah. and, Pete DeBoer's your coach. Not that's not a compliment, um, but I think it was a uh, it was a good it's been a good start for him. Now you know I I wonder about them moving him to the third line if they worry uh, if they you know think that maybe he's not ready. Um, I would also maybe not worry about it as much as I was before the show because I think the real sign about how they if they don't want him to go back down was if he was playing on the fourth line. DeBoer likes to roll his top nine uh, pretty substantially. So, you know, I think, I think he's had an encouraging start. I think, he, I think he fits well with both lines he played on. I think he fits well with Hurdle and Marlowe. I thought, I thought that line actually looked pretty good last night. Um, you know, Marlowe, like we said, scored that kind of fluky goal. But, you know, I think they all, on paper, their styles kind of mesh together. Marlowe providing the speed, even if it's aging. LeBanc, you know, can play along the boards and, you know, play that cycle game with Hurdle as well. And then Hurdle just, you know... Yeah, does so. I think he's had a really underrated start to the season. the The puck hasn't gone in a lot for him, but the puck hasn't gone in for a lot of players. Um, so you know, and I think honestly, LeBanc on the third line is as as much about getting Mikael Bodker going, if any, as anything. I think they're they they're really looking for him to start uh, picking up the slack offensively. I don't think he's been bad per se in his uh, short time in Teal, but obviously they expect more than two goals by now from him. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's kind of an interesting thing where I guess for me, uh, I see Bodker as kind of like a kind of a, a, a plug guy. And I don't mean that, a, you know, in a derogatory way. I just mean that I don't, I, I don't think that the Sharks should be relying on him for, for offense, really. Yeah. I mean, or uh, relying on him for offense is yeah. the key word there. He, he is there for his scoring, and that's great. You know, you don't need Mikhail Bodker to score 30 goals this year for the Sharks to, okay. to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, uh, and if if you think that, then you know uh, I kind of wonder if you actually have seen the Sharks play before. Yeah, you know he's on a, he's on a line with Kachur and Donskoy. Those guys are going to get their goals, get their points. Bodker just needs to to not not screw it up. Don't screw up, man. You know, go get some goals. You know, don't don't make mistake big big mistakes defensively, and you're you're fine. So I yeah I I kind of get the same sense that you do, and I, I kind of puzzled by why they seem concerned about that. Because the team has been fine without him scoring. And, you know, I don't think he's played poorly, at least by underlying numbers or anything, and certainly by the eye test. So I think the, the goals are going to come for him eventually. Uh, and I think it's probably going to come, you know, because uh, in a, a streak, because that's how scores are. They're streaky. There's going to be a stretch where he's going to score five times in ten games, and we're going to forget that this was ever a problem. Uh, so whatever. I mean, especially uh, with the way the Sharks are playing, the fact that, you know, like that's a concern tells me that uh, – you know, the team's, team's doing okay. Uh, as far as LeBanc playing on the third line, I think that uh, 
I think that is kind of interesting because I think that it puts even more stress on Hurdle to, to be a creator because he's now got two guys on this line that are really not creators. Um, you know, Marlowe's not a creator. LeBanc is certainly not, you know, shouldn't be expected to be a creator anyway at this point in his career. Um, and so I don't think you're going to see those goal numbers for Hurdle get any prettier, but I think at the same time, I don't think that's what he's being asked to do for the team. And I don't think that the team is worried about that so much. Uh, he's there to be a distributor and to, you know, kind of, well, to center the line, to quarterback it, you know, that's, I think, I think we get used to the idea of, you know, center scoring because, uh, you know, we've got guys like Couture play center or when Pavelski has played center in the past, uh, they're also obviously scoring a lot, but I think that they take on kind of a different role from a traditional center. Yes, they take draws, but they're not, uh, the, the role when the puck is in the offensive zone is not like a typical center. It's, it's you know, almost more like a winger at times. So, yeah. Um, I guess it's kind of a wait and see thing. I think probably moving him to the third line has more to do with them trying to figure out, okay, hey, where does he fit best? What's yeah. the, you know, it, it's, it's only three games. You know, they're, yeah, they're no, exactly. around. Uh, that's the way it works. So I think that's, you know, a thing. And, and last night, obviously, uh, he's maybe a little bit fortunate that, you know, the only goal against, I know, was against the hurdle line, but LeBanc wasn't on the ice. Wingles was, and that's, Good news. Not that I think that that means anything, actually. Uh, but, you know, I think we've seen that sometimes DeBoer thinks that means something as far as Nieto being dead now because he was on the ice for, you know, a uh, defensive mistake and got scored against. And now, you know, he'll never play again. Uh, so something something to, to think about anyway. Yeah, no, I, I think, too, that it's going to be interesting to watch uh, what happens with the, uh, with the fourth line now, uh, according to Kevin Kerr's. Melker Carlson left the arena last night in a walking boot, uh, was seen leaving in a walking boot, which is, you know, maybe it, it'll, we're going to see, it's a wait and see thing. It'll depend on what happens um, and how severe that injury is. Cause that fourth line's looked really strong together. I think on this road trip, they had a great game last night before Carlson got hurt. That goal was an excellent, you know, full ice counterattacking goal. It was really nice to see. Um, so, you know, we could see, Michael Haley or Matt Nieto draw back in, but I, I wonder too, if they, you know, I, I wonder if they'd maybe call another player up. Uh, it, it could seem unlikely, but you know, Kevin Kurz wrote about, it. he went to a Barracuda practice and you know, apparently there's, there's multiple guys that they feel are ready to take that, take that jump into the NHL, whether or not that happens, I kind of doubt it. Um, but you know, especially I think, in mid middle of a road trip, that would surprise yeah. me. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a bit of a shocker uh, for Especially sure. Especially because the Cuda are on the road right now too. They yep. they were just in Texas yesterday. Yep. So, I mean, it's it's going to be really interesting to see what happens there. I, I'd imagine it's probably going to be Haley that plays uh, against Carolina tomorrow or Tuesday. Uh, not until Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay. So they get they get some it's time next off. week. So starting next week, they play a game on Monday, and then okay. yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, next week they go Monday. Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, which is crazy. Uh, good yes. luck working off that at the Thanksgiving meal. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I'm I'm curious to see what happens with Carlson. Uh, he's actually I think he's played really really well recently, and I think it's a, potentially a pretty big loss uh, if he misses an extended amount of time, just because he helps the depth of their lineup so much. Yeah, he only played what four minutes last night. Um, yeah, obviously because he left the ice with some kind of an injury. Uh, so hopefully that's nothing serious because, man, because I really I feel like that fourth line is really kind of finding its identity. Uh, and I think that they've been really good together. So I guess naturally, you know, here comes the monkey wrench to kind of yeah, mess exactly. things up a little bit. 
Um, if the Sharks do, and I, and I think we're pretty much in agreement that if they do call someone up, it won't be until they get home. Yeah. What, uh, who do you think is most likely to come up? Uh, you know, just for some context, Timo Meyer scored his first goal last night. Uh, I still don't think it's going to be him. I, I think yeah. it would be more likely to be either a Goudreau or maybe Goldobin, an outside chance. I think that's probably more wishful thinking on my part, though, than it is uh, something that's actually going to happen. Yeah, I, I wonder. I think you know if the, if it's Carlson, you know, they could go in a number of different directions. If they want a fourth liner to you know replace it, uh, replace him, you know maybe a a Gaudreau or a, a, a excuse me a Ryan Carpenter right uh, comes up. Um, otherwise, you know it's uh, you know I I wonder what's going to happen because you know I didn't watch the Barracuda game last night. I'm not sure how many points I had, but you know going into this weekend. Goldobin's really been playing. They had a lot. He's been playing very the, well. The, the, the Cuda scored eight goals last night. Oh man, I got. I'll check the AHL stats then for him. Yeah, um, I'm. I have the page open right now. Uh, how many points does he have now? In how many games? Goldobin has ten points. Okay. Uh, Daniel O'Regan has nine points. Tim Heed has nine points. Gaudreau has six points. Chardier has six points. Carpenter has six points. Bergman has six points. Uh, Joaquin Ryan and Marcus Sorensen each have five, and Timo's got three. Yeah, and that's three in six games, whereas the other guys are uh, seven or eight games. And LeBanc obviously had ten points in six games, which is ridiculous. Roy Sommer did say that uh, he told Kevin Kurz that Goldobin is playing the best hockey he's played since he's had him, uh, and you know he was off to as as hard of a start as Kevin LeBanc. Uh, and that's really good news to hear coming from Sommer, also, who uh, you know, first of all, obviously yeah. sees him practice and play all the Absolutely. time, but the fact that he's seeing improvement in him, that to me is like. That's a good a really, sign. Really, really, really good sign. And the another good sign is that a lot of these uh, the points that Goldobin has come have come on assists. And I know that uh, that's kind of counterintuitive because obviously, yeah, goals are better than it. Well, I would think better than assists. But I think seeing that kind of um, his ability to do two things, you know, I mean, I, I think of him more as a, a goal scorer. But the fact that he's also able to kind of uh, contribute stuff offensively in other ways, I think, is you know a positive sign. Um, I also. Uh, I mean, I think uh, in the, you know, I've watched highlights and some film and stuff. And I, I like how Daniel O'Regan has played as, as well. Uh, you know, yeah. he's running a pretty high shooting percentage right now. So, you know, I, he's not going to be a uh, more than a point a game guy at the NHL level or anything. But I, I, I think that he's looked, he's looked pretty good. Uh, and the CUDA as a whole have looked pretty good. Uh, this is a good team. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're having a nice start the year you know if you're playing in a game where you score 13 goals that's a that's that's a lot of entertainment uh for sure uh you know coming up on the road trip what san jose will play carolina then st louis and then arizona yep to wrap things up uh i guess you know the the other big question hanging over that is do you think aaron dell is going to start any of the games on the road trip i mean i see carolina I i see two opportunities for him i see carolina and arizona that's what i would do um, and you know, you got, you got four games coming up next week. I think it'd, it'd be wise to get him at least one start, uh, this week because you know, you're going to have, you're not, you're going to play a back to back next week and you're going to play, you're going to play four games in six days, basically, which is a lot. So, uh, so yeah, no, I, I think, um, I think Dell should probably play at least one of these games. I, you know, Carolina is a good underlying possession team, despite their goaltending. Uh, I would have thought Arizona was the start for him, was going to be the start for him. But you know, DeBoer 
started him against the Islanders and they were a good team last year. So I think they're, he's not necessarily worried about that. I think Tuesday though, is the, is the prime opportunity for him to start. Cause what Jones is, has started now 12 uh, straight games. So it, it's a lot. I, I, I should have gone back and counted first, but I know it's, I can do it. It's a lot. His um, longest stretch last year was 11. I, I did. I counted that out before, um, for uh, a game last week, so I will do. I will count right now. Let's see. So just an update on the CUDA. They're going to yes. be in San Antonio, then they're in San Diego for a couple, and then they're in Bakersfield for a couple before coming back on the. Uh, and then they're down here in Ontario on the twenty sixth. They're not. Oh, they're home against Bakersfield on the twenty fifth. So, anywho, that's when around the time when both teams will be back in San Jose. Not that I think that that'll necessarily be imperative for a call up, but anywho, he so, started eleven straight games. Martin, so he's already matched. That matches, that matches his longest streak of the year from last year. My guess is that they start him against Carolina. They start Jones against um, the Blues, and then if the Sharks have won. If the Sharks beat the Blues, and especially if they've beaten Carolina and the Blues, then Dell starts against the Coyotes. If they've lost both of those games, Jones starts against the Coyotes. That's yeah. my guess. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good uh, that's a good guess for sure. I think that's you know that's a good. That seems to be the way that they that DeBoer does things. Um, that yeah. is definitely results based in that way, not so much in playing like the, how the goalie plays, but just as a team kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so that would be that would be my guess, and I wouldn't really have a problem with that. But I think definitely you got to start Dell on Tuesday against Carolina. I feel like it'd be kind of a really big missed opportunity to not. And good lord, I mean, there's like a 95 percent chance he'll be the best goalie on the ice if a Cam Ward is playing. So yeah, uh, yeah. Hey, that should be a great game for the Sharks PDO. Yeah. Really, That'll... really good. Drive up that shooting percentage, baby. Yeah. Yep. Uh. Yeah, so these next few games are going to be interesting. I think that there are a couple of gimmies, which are games I'm sure they'll lose, and then they'll beat the Blues. Uh, that would be my guess, is that they beat the Blues, they lose to the Hurricanes in a shootout, and uh, then they get smoked by the Coyotes, who they'll never beat this year. Yeah, that's there. They'll go 0-6 oh, or 0-5 oh, this year against the Coyotes, however right. the they play. That, teams well, doing. listen, they don't play the Sabres enough to, to lose. And they've, uh, they beat the Sabres, right? So. Yeah, the last year, but anyway. Anywho, uh, okay, wow, so great. So hopefully that Melker Carlson thing isn't anything serious, though, because that would be a pretty big blow for the Sharks, especially if they decide that they want to start Michael Haley again. That would be obviously a huge, huge loss and drop yeah. in uh, skill and talent. So yeah. hopefully that's, uh, that's, that's not what they end up doing. Um, let's see, is there, is there anything else? I think that's... That should about cover it. I mean, I'm excited to see it. will be an interesting rematch of the Western Conference Finals this week against the Blues. Uh, Blues are a lot different. You know, Jake Allen in net as opposed to Brian Elliott. Troy Brower gone. David Backus gone. They're a different team, but that'll still be exciting. And I, I think it's it's a good it's a good test this week because you have three, you know, quote unquote lower quality opponents. And you know, the Sharks before this road trip struggled with those teams a little bit. They struggled against Calgary. They struggled against. Uh, Arizona, so I, you know, they've got another opportunity to go six and zero on the road, uh, like they did last year. We'll see. We'll see whether or not that happens. So I'm, I'm looking forward to see how how they play this week, and then you know they have, they've got a four home games the week after. So it's 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 start. We're starting to 
heat up in the schedule and also get to that point where, you know, if you're sitting in the playoffs on Black Friday, you're, you know, historically, at least recently, in a, in a good spot to make the playoffs again. So excited to see what happens. Yeah, I'm excited to see um, to see Nail Yakupov with the Blues. I haven't gotten to see a whole, yeah. whole lot of them this year. And I know that uh, Vladimir Tarasenko has been, you know, incredible this year so far. Um, and so that's another good kind of rematch between uh, him and, and Vlasic, who obviously got the better of that matchup in the, in the playoffs. So yep. that'll, be, that'll be a lot of fun to see. Um, you know, the Blues are a kind of a weird team that they've got some really fun skill, but at times they still kind of play that stupid heavy game. Like, I think, I think there's a smart heavy game and there's a stupid heavy game. And I think the Blues yep. sometimes get suckered into playing more of a Ducks heavy game and less of a Kings heavy game. Yeah, um, I think that's a fair criticism for sure. And, you know, they've still got, like, you know, Ryan Reeves is on that team, you know. So <laughs> the, the, Which, the possibility for stupid is, is very, very high or dangerous I'm, anyway. I'm stunned Tortorella did not get any kind of uh, punishment for the stuff he said about Ryan Reeves. Uh, yeah, right. So, yeah, to, to be clear, uh, while I think Ryan Reeves is a dangerous hockey player that should not be in the NHL, yeah. John Tortorella is a ginormous racist piece of shit. Yeah, John Tortorella called him the NHL. He's referred to him as that animal, and I, 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 you know, just don't. I, I get, I get where he's. I don't get how you do that. I don't get how you do it. I don't like. I mean, I, 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 I honestly cannot imagine being so out of touch with like the greater context of the last hundred years of American history. I'd say 200, 240, but yeah. Yeah. How long have we been here? However long that's been. Yeah. You know, it's like it's baffling. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I guess I'm not surprised that John Tortorella is that big of an idiot and a piece of garbage because, you know, we we yeah. already knew that. Uh, yeah. I'm. I wish I was more surprised that the NHL didn't do anything. You know, I. I the NHL has a pretty serious race problem, and I, I mean, I'm surprised he didn't get any 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 kind of you know coverage really. You know, because his his Kaepernick yeah. comments went. And maybe that's because they were made to ESPN. His Kaepernick and comments. Went- the Kaepernick comics were made about an NFL player. You know, it's still the NHL, and the NHL is mostly white, and the NHL media is mostly white. Yeah. You know, I mean, l- listen. I wrote about his uh, Kaepernick comments. I didn't write anything about the Reeves comments. I think I was yeah. out out of the house the whole day, and then it kind of you know it went away, and that's you know so you know have as much to blame there as anyone else. But yeah, I, I was also kind of surprised that it didn't get more 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 play um which is a little disappointing yeah um, I, I never even heard like what ryan reeves said in response to that if he said anything you know i couldn't even tell you if if there was any yeah. you know comment made so yeah yeah i don't know the nhl was perfectly happy to sweep this under the rug and move yeah, on no, i i they, they think they don't mind that it, it didn't get picked up but yeah so i honestly maybe that has something to do with the reason that they didn't punish him at all uh yeah. you know you know, that's the, uh, uh, the, the Disney company method of controversy is just don't say anything and it'll go away. The moment you address something is the moment that stuff starts hitting the fan. Yep, agree. Because you've legitimized it. So that's PR 101, kids. You're learning something on this podcast today. We are an accredited PR institution. <laughs> hey, listen, we both have communication degrees. And I, ha- I went to school with PR people. It's not that hard. Yeah, agree. Not that hard. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so I guess that's it. We'll uh, hopefully do one of these after uh, the Sharks go 6-0 and on this road trip. That would be yeah, nice. What do you absolutely. think? Absolutely. All right. Let's do it. Until next time, uh, you can follow Marcus on Twitter at Marcus P. White. Follow me on Twitter at Jake Sundstrom and at Fear the Fin. 
Uh, we have a few different articles on the website today. We had a, one of our writers was at the game in Tampa last night and had kind of wrote a view from the seats article. Then I wrote about uh, the last six game and bronze game, obviously. Now bronze going to be the underrated one who hates me. Uh, and uh, yes, all right. So enjoy, uh, enjoy your weekend. I'm going to enjoy watching uh, Jeff Fisher uh, fuck up the Rams. Goodbye, guys. <laughs>